I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All black is beautiful. All black is beautiful. Sensational. That's the word you're looking for. And you know this, man. That is right. That is right. Welcome black to another episode of the best podcast episode out there on iTunes and SoundCloud. It is Say It Loud Podcast with your host, Jordan, also known as Boogie the Beast. This is the first episode that I've taken internationally with me because I am sitting in the Bahamas a year older. So it was also my first podcast. Uh, as a 26-year-old, I wanted to say thank you to everybody who gave me love and a shout out. Um, so before we get into the interview for this next episode, I'm going to go ahead and give the introduction just like the last one. Born and raised a man, myth, and legend from the city of Los Angeles, California, an ASU bachelor and master's degree recipient. A skilled renaissance man with strong traits and one of my future groomsmen. I'm not going to call him by his real name because he always gets so mad at me. Let's give it up for my man, Mr. Dominic. <laughs> Most hype intro I've ever gotten. <laughs> Gas. That's all I get. How you doing, that's, man? That's, that's pure Patron right there. <laughs> I am sober as hell. Dom is joining me right now in NASA, Bahamas, as we uh, get ready to depart back to America here soon. But, you know, hey, first off, Happy New Year's to you, man. You happy know. New Year's to you, brother. You Appreciate understand? you having me on this show. Hey, always, man. It's an honor and a privilege to be part of this. Man. So, for those who know, uh, Dom was on a few of our episodes last season with the NFL, um, or not NFL, but the hip-hop draft, and then also... I forgot. I feel like you spoke on one of the other ones or you sent in something. No, I think I just did the, the hip-hop draft one. Which which was still categorized as... I had to get invited back to more, but oh, you know, well, I wasn't worthy. Well, he's back <laughs> and we're going to get to know him and also get to know some of his brains. So we're going to pick him apart. So just starting off here right now, 2018's here. Uh, how do you feel about it uh, compared to going from previous years? You know, what's the, what's the mindset change right now for you? Um, I would say... From a personal perspective, 2018 is is more of a, a welcome than it was in previous years because as I've gotten older and as I've gained more experience, you start to really understand and appreciate things a lot more. Whereas in previous years, you may look to New Year's so that you can you know accomplish a certain goal or to achieve something or to travel somewhere. But I'm in the mindset now of continuing to grow upon what I've already started to build. So it's a continuation rather than a new beginning. So it's kind of a hopeful experience, but it's also back to work. So it's nothing new. It's continuing to work and build and be more motivated. Whereas in the past, it may have been like a renew. Now it's just a continuation. So, so I new, feel good about it. So new, new year, new me. It's kind of just nah, same me, new growth. Yeah, same, same me. Um, Harder push, mm. same me, uh, tougher grind, same me, new mindset in regards to gaining more knowledge and more skills. So it, it's a continuation. It's an, it's an evolution. I feel that. So and, new uh, year, continue evolution. And one of the things about continuation and growth is uh, also for those who know, Dom was uh, one of the guys that went with me last year uh, to Costa Rica for my birthday. So this is actually two years in a row. And also both of your stamps have come from back-to-back -back New Year's for me. So how do you feel about, uh, you know, just traveling, getting out of the country? Like, how's your experience been 
um, as an international traveler now, just expanding <laughs> your Renaissance resume. Uh, I don't know if I'm an international traveler just because I traveled outside of, of the U.S. Um, I have a lot more stamps to go, a lot more places to visit. But it's great. It's great to get out, see how different people live, see how people function, see how they think, see how they operate, see opportunities. Every time I travel now, I look at how things work and, you know, what I can take back, what can I learn. You know, there's the small conversations that you have, the, you know, the small talk, the, the short interactions. You start to really kind of take those things and instill them into yourself and try to implement it to, for growth yourself. So it's a great experience just to see how things are, to be appreciative of what you have back home. I definitely miss my own bed, um, and I can't get wait can't wait to get back to it and you know sleep for several hours. But must be nice. It's a it's a phenomenal experience just to go and see how other people live and to be humbled by the experience. What's been one of your uh, least favorite and most favorites about uh, the Bahamas this time around? Um, I would say the least favorite is probably just living in someone else's house mm. and seeing how that house is put together. <laughs> and I can be a particular human being, so I like things a particular way and living in someone else's house, it may not be that way, so you kind of have to adjust. The best thing about it is the, the scenery, the nature, the scenery, the water, the ocean, the beaches, the women, <laughs> uh, the trees, the, trees. <laughs> the coffee shops, you know, coffee shops, brother. Uh, but seeing how other things look in different places and being just in awe of creation. Mm. That's what I really love and enjoyed about this trip in the Bahamas. What's up again, world? It is Boogie the Beast. Just wanted to give you another thank you for listening to Say Loud Podcast so far. Make sure you guys subscribe, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and just tell somebody about it. You know what I'm saying? It only helps me help you. So thanks for tuning in, and now let's get back to the interview. Okay, so going off that and talking about trips and, uh, you know, uh, expansion and passport and all that stuff, um, kind of switching it up a little bit, but still staying in that. When it comes to stereotypes of being trapped in a system, you know, like the kind of the can't and the won't and not able to, um, how do you feel you handled it with um, the last year and traveling and, and business and basically as an adult now, you know, going going into the next year, what's, uh, you know, some of the things that obviously people told you you can't, you won't, or I never would, you know, that you've done now. And how do you feel when it comes to stereotypes? How do you feel you've handled it? Um, I don't know if necessarily anything that I've been told in my previous past is, is as a result of a stereotype. I did get, when you're younger, the stereotype about, you know, you're going to be a basketball player and you're only going to be a basketball player. That's your only way out of, you know, your financial circumstances or your neighborhood. Um, and through other circumstances, I didn't get to do that, which turned out to be a blessing. But for the most part, every type of interaction like that has been individual um, and people not believing in you or overlooking you or underplaying you or not valuing you mm. um, and kind of looking past you and your abilities. Um, because if you don't fit into a particular mold based on their experience, not necessarily a stereotype within a demographic, but 
if you're not a outspoken or outlandish or, or whatever, sometimes people don't have that faith in you and don't believe that you can accomplish something. So for me, I've been very fortunate to have that type of interaction for a while. And how I just deal with it is I just get back to what I need to do. And I focus less on what other people say, what other people do, and what other people believe I can and cannot accomplish. And then I just go to work. I watch what other people do and how they're successful. Um, I applaud it. I respect it. I don't envy it. I uh, acknowledge it and learn from it. And then I just go and go about my work. And I know that with me, it's a process. So if I don't accomplish something now, I know if I'm continuing to develop those skills, continuing to work, continuing to grind, continuing to learn, and continuing to have that passion for growth, then I'll accomplish it. So long story short, if anyone says that I can't or cannot be or cannot accomplish based on whatever demographic I fit in, I usually just smile. Mm. I say, thank you for your feedback. Uh, and I go to work. It's not about them. This right. is my journey. Um, and it's for the benefit of myself and for the benefit of my family. And I know that I have the utmost confidence in myself based on whatever I have overcome and based on what I want to overcome. So speaking about overcomings then, um, I mean, it doesn't matter where at in your life at the time it happened, but what do you think has been one of your largest um, milestones so far or things that you've overcome that you were like, man, I never thought, or, you know, people where I came from never did this, or, you know, like kind of just, I, I did this for me. I was proud of this, mm -hmm. this moment. Uh, I would probably say a college degree. Um, I don't come from a very educated family. I didn't know many black men who had degrees. Actually, I didn't know any aside from a science teacher. No one in my family had really even thought about college, um, don't come from a lot of money, don't come from a lot of uh, resource or opportunity. And to be able to go to college, I faced a lot of obstacles in college. Such uh, as? Well, the first thing, when I was driving to college with my car, my engine blew out. <laughs> oh, struggle. So I was driving, <laughs> driving to college down the desert and my engine blew out. So I didn't have a car. And Shout out to the I-10. Everything that I had you know, had to fit in my mom's truck. Mm. Um, and so I sat like on dishes and stuff with no seat belt. And I think I like had my sister on my lap and like that was my coming to college. It was like a struggle to get there. Mm. Um, and then in college, you know, I had some courses that did not have the best instructors. Mm. They know who they are. Great they don't need choice. to be named. Right. Uh, you know, I had financial struggles. I had family financial struggles. Um, I worked 30 hours a week most of my college life. Didn't get to go out because I was working. Um, so I had to work really, really hard just to get a degree. Mm -hmm. And so when I got that degree, I damn near moonwalked and backflipped and, you know, threw up some little letters in my hand. Hey, as I twist it up, twist it up, twist it up, just like a LA <laughs> So, you know, that was a, a, an amazing accomplishment because it was hard to believe that I could do it based on everything that happened. Anything that could have gone wrong for someone in college happened to me. Hmm. Anything that you could have faced as an obstacle happened. Um, just the struggle. You know, some people talk about the struggle of, 
you know, eating peanut butter sandwiches. First world and, problems. You know, all those things. And I had that. But in addition to being tired and all these things that I was doing and, you know, I had to work full time just to even have food. And, you know, I still came out of college, unfortunately, in a, in a situation that I have to get out of. But it was a lot of growth and it was a, a lot of humbling, which was great. Uh, but that accomplishment, just getting a degree after your car blew up and after all these things happened, it was just, it felt good, you know? So that, that was probably my biggest accomplishment, something I'm proud of. And then you doubled down and went and got another one. And, you know, it's just a paper. Oh my God, that's <laughs> such a downplay. It's just, such it's a dude, downplay. It's just a paper, man. So then after you left ASU, what did you, uh, what, did, what, what, what was the, the dream or what was the, the route that you wanted to take it from there after doubling down with just two pieces of paper <laughs> printed out probably by a, a copy machine. Uh, yeah, you know, you just get them at Kinko's or whatever. Uh, I think like most people, when you finish college, you want to set the world on fire. Mm. You know, you want to blaze this new trail and just change blaze? the world. Uh, you want to save the children. You know, you want to do all these amazing things and become something that no one has ever seen. Right. And so I was one of those and I, you know, I wanted to work in education. I wanted to develop these programs and these programs and X, Y, Z. And as you grow and as you experience things, you start to understand that it's bigger than what you imagine mm. and that there's levels to this game. And it's not as simple as getting a degree. It's not as simple as getting a job. It's okay. I have this skill set. What other skill sets do I need to learn? What other skill sets do I need to get? Who has this skill set? How can I position myself to learn this? You know, how do I build this conglomerate within myself by taking notice of what's happening in the industry, taking notice of what's happening in the world, taking notice of what's happening in other people's lives and using that to fuel something in me to be successful so that you can blaze that trail, not right away, right? but years down the line. Trust the process. Yes. You have to trust the process. So. Nice. That's that's really what I've learned and what I'm working on continuing. And I love your word choice for that because it goes right into the next question of trusting the process. <laughs> um, not talking about the Sixers, but when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to the social norms of uh, you know like the the quote unquote millennial and all that stuff right now, and we're going into the topic of relationships and love. Mm -hmm. When it comes to trusting the process. Um, how do you feel or have you seen a drastic change in the way that we approach relationships and even love like since you were in high school or when you were in college? Um, what, what do you like? How do you explain the different approach now that you've seen from high school to college to now? Like because the way you used to, you know, shoot your shot in high school. I don't know. I don't know how y'all did it out there, but I'm sure you weren't on my well you probably were on myspace but you guys weren't like <laughs> passing notes by then but you know college is different you didn't have instagram and yeah you didn't snapchat your way to the first date and stuff like that mm -hmm. you know how how has it changed you know being a, an adult now because yeah. i can call you that um but yeah the social norm of how to approach mm -hmm. love and relationships i think it depends on who you interact with and it was a renaissance what, man what yeah. generation you're dealing with Mm -hmm. because as you get older, you start to notice the difference in relationships and difference in social interactions based on age group. So for me, women in a younger demographic, our younger age, tend to like more of that social media stuff. Um, they're 
more interested in social media and what it brings to them and you know how it makes it feel um, and just the type of things that they're interested in changes to music culture art all those things are a little bit different as opposed to older women who may not be as much into social media unless it's for a career um, and may be interested in different type of cultural interests and, and so so forth like that so the process it's different because the people are different in which are on the field that are playing this game called dating um, but it still comes down to the individual person because ultimately you get to a point when you start getting older that it's you start to understand that it's more important to have a genuine connection than to have a social media um, connection following or it's more important to have a genuine connection than it is to have a great Twitter page or to be funny on Twitter or to be funny on Instagram or be funny on Snapchat because that's great and everything but if you don't have that genuine interaction if you can't say hey you know I like spending time with you I like spending time with you too let's go to this art gallery or let you know let's do whatever let's go to this car show or you know let's just watch this movie it's tough to I told have you guys he was a renaissance man. Oh god. I told you he was a renaissance it's man. It's tough to have those interactions if people aren't there mentally to be able to be genuine. Right. So that's what it really comes down to is how willing is someone to be genuine and say do you like me yes or no like you were when you were 12 years old. Right back with a purple crown. Do you like me yes no or maybe. Hmm. You got to take out the maybe now. Yes yeah, or maybe. no. I need yes no. And then if they do, then say, okay, can I be honest with you and, and express my intention? Then we go from there without any of the foolishness or buffoonery. Um, but some women are still interested in that. But I don't think it changes based on the implementation of social media as opposed to the maturity level. So when I say age, I should have said maturity level. Okay. Um, because there are some younger women who are more mature and some older women who are less mature. It's just where you're at mature level-wise. I get you. Um, but the process kind of changes, but really the hardest part is just finding a genuine connection and having genuine conversation and doing some genuine stuff and none of the bull. And you rock with it, you rock with it. If you don't, you move on. You, you know, you kick rocks, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know. What's up, world? This is your host once again, Boogie the Beast. I hope you guys are enjoying this episode so far with my man, Dom. If you can, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes. Let's get this going. Screenshot it. Send it to your mom. Send it to your dad. Send it to everybody. I'm just trying to get my name out there. But instead of me ranting and crying, let's get back to this interview. So speaking about that, uh, I was going to say some of the uh, synonyms or I guess words, and I wanted to see how you felt about them. You know, when it comes to like, if you give a woman, and like you said, it's maturity level, but you give a woman a compliment and you're thirsty mm -hmm. or, um, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you're just, you're honest and you're confident with, Hey, I'd like to go out with you. And she's like, yeah, maybe tomorrow. Or, you know, she blows you off and they consider that a curve. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like, um, in, like insecurities and securities diminish over the time because of the way that we have to approach women sometimes? And I know it has to do with maturity levels, but even for somebody that's, um, you know, quote unquote, a, a more mature woman, you know, you might still come at it at the same time and be like, well, that was a curve. And, you know, you get nervous or scared for the, the next time around. Do you feel like that's a, do you feel like that plays more of an emphasis in, in now versus back then for you? 
Uh, I don't think it it changes. Um, your understanding of the rejection does change, but mm-hmm. that fear of rejection, the disappointment in rejection, um, the fear of actually talking to someone is still real because you can be an amazing human being and you can offer so much, but, you know, talking to a girl who, you know, has a great smile and great hair and, and is funny and stuff is still as nerve wracking now as it was when I was seven years old. Right. Like, I still get nervous, and I still see the first girl that I, you know, I quote-unquote fell in love with in the first grade. Oh! You know, and you're like, I, oh, that's not her, though. Wait. Like, you, you still get that nervousness. Oh, okay, okay. I thought y'all still talked. I was no. like, damn, you might as well get married, man. No, no. First grade? No, no Sharon Crown. But you, you, still, you still get that level of nervousness. It's just a matter of how you understand it. Right. Because you still, once you get to a certain point in your life when you realize that regardless of this rejection, regardless of this curve... You know, I'm still an amazing human being. Mm. May not be right at the moment, but it's still growing. And I'm still on my path. So you kind of push it to the side. You handle it. You deal with it. Um, It hurts still to be rejected and to be curved and whatever. But you still have to be okay with you. And still, once you get to a point where you start to really understand the importance of loving yourself, all that stuff goes to the wayside. Mm. You're like, oh, yeah, she rejected me. But maybe she really doesn't know how dope I am. Move on. Right. Or maybe, you know, know, like you say, you just weren't compatible and, you know, you learned something from her or maybe you followed her and then followed one of her friends after that. (laughs) Hey, I don't know how these things work. It it could just be where they're not right for you as a person or they're not right for you mentally. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, you just, you move on because life is too short to be caught up on some foolishness. Come on now, speak to them. So speaking about that, what's some of the strongest attractions for love for you and why do you want it? And, you know, do you want it? I guess you could say. Uh, Strongest attractions of love. I would say the things that attract me the most are intelligence, sense of humor, sincerity, um, and just a a higher level of awareness than some people have. Okay. Of self and of things around you. Uh, Because it's great when you have a genuine connection with someone. and it's disappointing when you can't because someone could be as beautiful as anyone on this earth. But Wild. if you can't connect and if you can't laugh and we can't joke, then I don't really see a future. It sucks. Because it's like talking to a poster. Yeah, because eventually you get to the point where you're like, well, if I choose to settle down, then I want me and my wife when we're 70 years old, to be laughing and having a good time at the park. I'm still roasting her. Like, we, we joking, we talking about the young kids, you know, we hanging out at the park, we just having a great time all the time. Like, that's our thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you get older, you really start to want that and appreciate that. So, you look for the things that are intangible rather than the tangible. And of course, you still want it to look good, because, you know, you you like some things. Right. Some but things, you things. like some things, man. You do some things. Hot but, yoga, naked. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the things that really attract you are are who they are as human beings, mm-hmm. you know. And there is a tendency, a little bit, to get away from appreciating people as human beings because we're too insecure with giving that. And so, when you find a level of security within yourself to give that to someone, and then they reciprocate it, that is why it's beautiful. It's it's, it's a, amazing, it, man. It becomes that perfect connection. So. Speaking about that, three things in common that you wish to share with your future partner. <laughs> uh, one, I'm sure we already just said these, but you know, one, she's got to know that Pac is the best rapper ever. Ooh, all right. Ooh, 
She's got to love hip hop. So that's kind of, I'm going to do 1A, 1B. M- music appreciation. She's got to love music. With an emphasis in Tupac. Like, got it. She's got to know Pac is the realest. Okay. Um, two, she's got to she's gotta love to laugh. Okay. I love to laugh. Yes, I, you do. I hope to make people laugh sometimes. Life is too short not to laugh and enjoy it. Funny women are amazing. Um, and three, she's got to have a, an interest in the things that expand her mind. Whether it's learning something, whether it's learning about something, whether it's uh, just finding things out or a sense of curiosity, those things really are appealing to me. Mm. So those are things that I would want to have in common. A love of music and arts of any kind. Um, and the need or the desire or the want and the drive for a sense of humor uh, and then also to be able to have a sense of curiosity and to be intellectually invested in self and us because if i end up having a child with end this person child. okay okay with, yeah then we i hopefully we can have some intelligent kids who are funny man right because i want to laugh at them like yo man you a, you a fool but I rock with you. I rock with you, my dude. You was Back in my day, you know, like back in two thousand. That's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So speaking about that one woman right now. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking about Instagram, social networks, and Twitter. If you had to shoot your shot right now, what is her name? Where? What does she do? And you know, this is this is the shoot your shot section. Shoot your shot. Two seconds left. The ball is with you now. Oh, am, am I pulling the MJ game six? Pull it. You could be Clay. Man. You could be Michael. This game. You could be, be Larry. Uh Larry Legend. Uh, I would say probably the woman that most attracts me on Instagram that I do not know <laughs> uh, would be. Uh, a blogger named Renee Daniela. Renee Daniela. She is, she is almost everything. She man. is everything. She has an amazing smile. Uh oh. She's funny. She travels the world. She's cultured, and she has an accent. She's English. She's English. English accent, and mm. she's a world traveler. Mm. Uh, and that's someone that you know. When you look at her post, you just feel a sense of joy when you see her smile. It's like, man, that makes me happy. Or when she travels to a place, you think, man, I really want to experience that life. Mm. Um, so that's someone that I would shoot my shot with. If I couldn't get a date, at least let me pick your brain. Hey. Let me take you to tea. You know, let, let's sit down and talk about life beyond the boundaries in which we live today and now. So Daniela Renee, right? Daniela? Renee Daniela. Renee Daniela. <laughs> if you're listening to this, my man is shooting. He wants, he's a good man. So, and then we're going to finish up with this and I'm going to let you go because I'm, I know, I know I've already embarrassed you enough, but you get a two minute phone call with a freshman walking into high school and his name is Dominic. Yeah. What would you tell him that was different or what would you, words of encouragement? Uh, I would tell him that the road ahead will only get tougher, but to continue to get tougher with it Hmm. and understand that. The path that you take will shape the path for generations beyond you and to continue to believe in self even when others don't believe in you. And you got this. And then the phone hangs up. 
<laughs> and he goes through life. And then I play Pac. And then he, and then he wins the Pulitzer in the Pulitzer. Come with me. So we're gonna end it up. We're, we're gonna finish it up right here. A few things that I like to just say. Let's talk about it. It's kind of the time where you know we were a little serious. You know, you, you drop some gems, and now we're just gonna talk that shit. So Lakers, how you feel about this season so far? Man, why you gotta bring up? That? <laughs> That's some hating stuff, B. Um, I feel like the Lakers have a lot of potential. They just don't have the work ethic, the drive, or the discipline. Damn. You know, and that's what being a basketball player and that's what being an athlete's all about. If you don't have that drive and discipline, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. But players nowadays seem to care more about cashing them checks than catching them championships. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening. Speaking about that, speaking about cashing checks, the big baller brand, mm-hmm. the ball family, are you in or are you out? Are you for or do you support them? You know, I support them because they're, the father's black. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the bias. I support it because um, there's an entrepreneur spirit and a drive to own their own brand, which is very important. I support the creativity in which they're going about things to create this brand. Um, The things that I don't necessarily care for that I feel they can reevaluate is their level of accountability when things go wrong, when they make a mistake. Um, the father tends to blame the coaches, tends to blame other people instead of handling it and running away from the issues. Mm. Um, so when one of the sons got caught shoplifting, he blamed the coach and took his son out of school and then, you know, shipped him off to play overseas. Lithuania. Which is great because they're making money, but it doesn't give that, that son a level of accountability. So long term, I just hope that this fame, this money, um, and this lack of accountability doesn't come back to bite them in the behind. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to some of how some some of how our younger greats kind of got bit in the butt when they found fame and fortune. Um, and I hope that they don't fall into a lifestyle that kind of deteriorates their talent. So I'm fearful, but I wish them the best. Are you guys going to the playoffs this year? No. <laughs> Who's hey. your best player on the team? Kuzma! <laughs> you already know Kuzma got that clip. Kuzma's the problem is his defense is trash. <laughs> and I'm going to need him to work on it. You know, Kuzma, if you want to, you know, have a session, I'll just teach you defense for free. Let me know because um, I'm going to need you to step your defense up so you can be a Hall of Famer. Shout out to the Pac-12. And then speaking about that going into the next year because NFL season's going on right now for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. San Francisco 49ers fan, Mr. Dom. How do you feel about Jimmy G? And what are you guys looking like next year? Make your prediction right now. In record. Uh, in record, I will say we will go 10-6. and six. Mm. We will either win the division or we'll make a wild card in the playoffs. I think we'll go to the second round. It depends on what they do in free agency. The draft is tough because players typically don't come out and kill it unless they're offensive players and they're diamonds in the rough. So it depends on their free agency pickup. We need defense. We need corners. Um, They need to be smart about who they re-sign. We need a line, a strong line. Jimmy G is a very, very capable player. Jimmy God? I you know, I won't say Jimmy God, but, you know, he's got some talent. Jimmy Um, I hope they pay the man his money, um, and I hope he continues to grow in the system. And I hope they don't let him go. But there's hope. 
there's definitely hope. You know, I still, you know, would love to see Kaepernick in it, but, you know, it's whatever. But I I think that they'll make the playoffs at least. Okay. So 10-6 is my prediction. They'll definitely beat the WAC Rams. <laughs> Sorry, Seattle. Um, and the hot garbage Cardinals. Oh, man, the Cardinals are so ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing them lose. I'm from Arizona, and I love it. You know, everyone loves to see them lose because they're so... They're so arrogant with it sometimes, so, you know? It's disappointing. But hopefully they'll do well. Well, Dom, you know, once again, I appreciate you coming in for this episode. You didn't really have a, a chance to get away from me. I, I try to run! I was going to you regardless. Um, this part right now is the last little bit. It's kind of what what the rant uh, what the rant is going on. It's, it's for you to do two to five minutes or even a minute and a half of anything you want to say, anything you want to dedicate, you want to show awareness to, or anything, anybody. It's kind of like shoot your shot, but, you know, if you have anything going on, let the people know how to get a hold of you. And, uh, yeah, what the rant is going on. Say it loud. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I necessarily have a rant, man. These are That's a tough thing. I would, you know, the last thing that I would say on any podcast or any kind of interview is just for people who are listening, people who are watching, to continue to believe in themselves. And continue to have faith in yourself and have faith in the process. Like we talked about earlier, continue to work on self, to gain awareness, to to push yourself and also not allow other people to shape who you are. Mm. And to make sure that you're the one at the end of the day who writes your story, not the one who reads your story. A renaissance man said it best. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> well, we're going to leave you alone for that. Thank you so much for coming in. Another episode of Say It Loud podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to tell your mamas to watch us. Don't forget to tell your mamas. Don't. Did I say mamas twice? You said mamas twice. That means it's double important. Double important. Your mama's mamas. Your mama's mama's. Baby's mama's mama's. Shout out to Andre Three Stacks. <laughs> Say It Loud podcast. Until next time, I love y'all and I'll see y'all. Peace. Stay black.